Warning, the Motion Picture Association of America requires that we inform you that this episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies contains massive spoilers that could ruin a first-time screening of the film covered in this episode. So, if you don't want to know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's that Goose in Top Gun, that is really Kaiser Sose at the end of The Usual Suspects, or that Bruce Willis was a the whole time in The Sixth Sense, then proceed with caution. Powered by Transistor FM. Grab your popcorn, silence your phones, and tell your friends to shut up. Do not adjust your projector settings because what you're about to hear is real. The Derek Duvall Show presents Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. Prepare yourself for insight and honest reviews from a married couple with varying movie tastes. Hot takes, hotter insights, and news you can use. Now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Mindy and Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi there. Hey, welcome, everybody. Thank you everybody, so much for coming. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. We are back with another fantastic episode. And Mindy, I'm excited about this one. Tell our listeners what movie we're going to be talking about today. Today, Derek, we are going to be talking about Star Trek First Contact. That's right. Star Trek First Contact, the 1996 First Star Trek Next Generation sequel without the original cast in it. So, and this one, I, I, I had to double check because I wanted to double check my math. It has a 92% Rotten Tomatoes score, which makes it, hands down, the second best Star Trek film since The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Star Trek First Contact. I saw this in theaters when it came out. Mindy, um, you're not much of a giant Trekkie. I know this off the top of your head now you did watch it a little bit of next generation growing up i know this of you i watched a lot of the next generation growing up actually okay. so Picard <laughs> but is i never really got into the movies all right but picard is your captain right oh picard is my captain for sure okay and we watched this because we were just getting ready to start the next the last season of picard yes yeah and the we TV had series. The, t the tv series and i had just gotten Star Trek First Contact on 4K Ultra High Definition, which Ew. exactly. And I will say this real quick because I know this is not a technological show, but I will say this. I have never seen it look that good. It looked like it was shot yesterday. And just building off of that, even Star Trek Picard, even that looked stunning. I mean, they brought back sets from the original Next Generation. It looked amazing. I, I The last couple of months, I've been, I've been doing nothing but nerding out, folks. Nerding out. I can cooperate that story, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the basic premise is uh, six years after Jean-Luc Picard has been assimilated by the Borg, he still has residual nightmares and PTSD from it. Uh, the Borg have decided to invade Federation space, and the Enterprise is sent to um, help uh, to help battle them. Uh, during the battle, the Borg ship is destroyed, but a minor, smaller ship is sent, and they initiate time travel, going back and try to stop first contact which is where earth makes first contact with the vulcans and so oh, two spoiler alert makes yeah. first contact period <laughs> yeah and then two separate plot lines develop whereas one 
is some of the crew stay on Earth to try and help Zephyr and Cochran make his uh, repair his ship and make his launch. And Jean-Luc Picard and Data stay on board the Enterprise and battle of the Borg and the Borg Queen, who we've never seen the Borg Queen before, and a collective leader of the voice of the Borg. And it is just nonstop action. It is nonstop drama, and it is nonstop good writing, good acting. Uh, the, the makeup on the Borg are scary now. Because in the show, it's you can tell it's definitely TV budget. In this movie, they look scary. Even Mindy, <laughs> back me up on this one. I will get to that in my notebook shortly. Uh, okay, yeah, all right. Well, you know what? I've talked enough. Let's just go ahead and get to it. Let's go to... I agree. <laughs> Let's go to The Notebook. See what I did there? You hypnotized him. No, I used this. This is the most important piece of equipment you will ever own. This notebook has saved my skin more times than I care to mention. You should think about using yours more often. I do use mine. Show me. That's just extraordinary. Thank you, Derek. So the first thing I wrote down was a cool opening scene on the Borg ship. So like he said, Picard is still having nightmares of his time with the Borg when he got assimilated. And you don't know it when the movie first opens. You just see this happening and it turns out he was dreaming. So I put cool opening scene on the Borg ship. Like it was really a lot more like you said even like the borgs themselves but even just their ship just looked more high tech and you know more visually stunning than it usually did so the next thing i wrote down it was part of his dream i put dislike needle in the eye <laughs> and the thing popping out of his face in his dream it was like ah, nobody wants to see that oh needle in the eye i can't i can't do it can't do it and then I have no context for this, so I'm hoping Derek can help fill it in. All I wrote was Ryan Felipe. Who Ryan Felipe is not in this movie. I don't know. I wrote it on my notebook. <laughs> let me let me just double check my math here because I don't think Ryan Felipe is in this movie. Let's double check it. I'm pretty sure. I know who you might be talking about is what's his name from um Parks and Rec. I'm gonna go to his who's the guy family. from Parks and Rec that you like? He was he was Amy Amy Poehler's boyfriend and now husband. Oh, he's that, not in that. He is. He was the helmsman. He's like, is another ship coming in? It's the Enterprise. And you were like, oh, my God, it's the guy from Parks and Rec. Yeah. I will bet you $5 million right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't bet me $5 million. Let's see here. What year was this? 97? 97. Did they say something about Ryan Felipe? Why would they movie? say something about Ryan Felipe? <laughs> Oh no, then why I wrote down Ryan Felipe. We're gonna have to go back and watch the first part of this later. I'm gonna just bet you maybe he's uncredited or something. It's not on his IMDb. Let's do this. Is Ryan Felipe in Star Trek first contract? <laughs> what does the internet say? I'll tell you what I'm gonna say. <laughs> then why would I have written that down on my notebook? Are you ready? No, <laughs> he's not. All right, I have no idea. Can we skip this part? No. Right <laughs> Stays in. Okay, well, let's move along then. Next on my notebook, maybe no, something will... that was actually in the film. But the guy, the, for real though, the guy from Parks and Rec, he is in the movie, and I, it's, it's, it was actually really cool for him because the he guy was who big... played Ben, her ben. husband. Yeah. Ben and her no husband. Way. What's his name? 
He's on that Severin show. It's not bet. It's not Ryan Felipe. I know that. It's not Ryan Felipe. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and watch that after we get done recording. <laughs> ben Wyatt. Uh, no, Adam Scott. I don't think he's in it. I bet you a million dollars. Right. Oh my now. gosh, you probably already have it pulled up. Then I do. I'm looking at it. Why <laughs> you can't bet me something that you already know? <laughs> That's the whole purpose of betting. <laughs> No, there's no way. I, I'm going to have to go back. I don't know why. Uh, listeners, stay tuned on the next episode where I will research this and try to remember why I wrote Don Ryan Felipe's name. <laughs> you hit it here first, folks. <laughs> okay, next. I So as you mentioned, we did watch this in beautiful 4K. And Derek always notices 4K differences way more than I do. Like, it's it's his thing. I, I think, oh, yeah, that looked good. And he's like, no, did you see this, that, and the other? Well, I actually wrote down beautiful pic when they were destroying the board cube. Just like that whole scene, like the picture quality was very awesome. So I wrote that down. So that really means something. If I wrote it, if I noticed and wrote it down, then... Mm -hmm. You were losing your mind. How you also awesome mentioned you also mentioned how much you could see the detail in the uniforms. You yeah, about, the, the, you said they're purple because they've gone from the red to the purple uniforms, and you were saying like how much you really like the purple. You could see you could see all the details and the threads and all that mm -hmm. in their uniforms. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, then I wrote down drunk Deanna. LOL. So this part of the movie is actually really funny. So Deanna Troy is one of the ones that stays down on Earth to try to get him. Uh, what's his name again? Cochran. Zephyrin Cochran. Zephyrin Cochran. To try to help him, like, get his ship fixed and get back up to space. But she's really more there maybe for his mental health because he is not all there. Like, if, if you were going to, uh, like we talked about in Contact, if you were going to pick one person from the entire planet to represent us to other people, he's not going to be your guy. <laughs> but... He had the know-how to build this ship that would get him far enough to where he yeah. could warp and other things could see it. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. So drunk Deanna. So she gets drunk on some sort of like, I don't know. Tequila. Uh, futuristic. No, oh, she was, was it tequila? She was, it was just tequila. Okay, yeah. And so she's just hilarious. And so then Riker comes to like pick them up and they're like, whoa, Deanna. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was funny. You know, the funny thing is also you talk about Zephyr and Coffin, but James Cromwell deserves all credit for playing that character so well. He, do you know who originally was going to play that character? I do know. Tom, Tom Hanks. Oh, no way. Tom Hanks is a massive Trekkie and he wanted to play the role, but he couldn't because he was doing another movie at the same time. That's funny. No, yeah. I, interesting. Okay, and then I also wrote down, just like, I probably wrote this down because you said it, so you can say it again, but better budget for the Borg. So like yeah. you said, on the TV show, it looked like somebody took some, like, little rubber tubes and, like, used crazy glue and, like, made their costumes that way. But these were, like, way better. Mm -hmm. Better budget for Borgs. Scary. Yeah, a little bit scary. I mean, yeah. I wasn't as scared as you were, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, they look like, I mean, they actually look like zombies. I mean, that's the thing about it. They they look like scary looking zombies with machines, like machine mechanized zombies. Yeah, exactly. And then I also wrote down, is it Alfre Woodard? Alfre Woodard, yeah. Yeah, so Alfre Woodard is in this. Uh, she plays uh, one of Zephyrin Cochran's His best colleagues. Friend. His best, His best friend. friend. Yeah. And somehow, I don't remember how, but she had to be beamed aboard the... She got radiation poison. 
Yeah, she got radiation poisoning, so she they beamed her up to the Enterprise to fix her up, and she somehow gets a hold of somebody's gun and, and I don't know, she threatens them with it, and they're like, yeah, you should probably put that down. And she's like, sorry, it's my first ray gun. Like, she didn't know. Like, she could have just, like, vaporized somebody because <laughs> she woke up and she was like, whoa, where the hell am I and who the hell are you? Like, <laughs> so. Um, and then. You know, it was amazing to get her in the movie to get an Academy Award nominated actress was such a huge coup for Jonathan Frakes, who directed this movie, to get hit her in this movie. So, I bet. She's yeah. awesome. Alfred Winter's awesome in everything. Yeah. And then, so they're, then they go into, they have this confrontation with the Borg and they take over the ship, right? Am I remembering right? Yes. Okay. I'm getting that mixed up with Picard and stuff now. So, um, okay. And then I put, Worf said, assimilate this before he like destroys one of them. <laughs> that was kind of an awesome line. And then the next thing I wrote down was one of Derek's favorite lines. Cause he says it anytime you talk about Shakespearean, Patrick Stewart and how awesome he is. <laughs> do you want to? I, I kind of want to say it. Go ahead. Do it. You say it. Yeah, yeah. Not do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. Here. <laughs> here. Very <laughs> emphatic. <laughs> so awesome line. I underlined it and wrote an exclamation mark. So I would remember. That is why that man is a knight of the realm. Here. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. Okay, <laughs> we're done here. And then the Borg captured Data because he's like the smartest one they have, but he's, you know, a machine. And so they start messing with him and they're like, you know what? I know I can give you something that nobody else can give you, like skin. If you want to be real, you want to be a human. And so they like cut part of his like synthetic face off so they could put real skin on it. And it's just like a weird, like, why would you pick that part of your face? But whatever. And so I wrote down Ziggy Data because he had like a Ziggy Stardust feel going on. Nice David Bowie <laughs> reference there. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. And then I also put, so one of the reasons they knew that the Borg had taken over part of the ship was because the temperature had risen to, I don't know, you you might know off the top of your head what exact temperature they need to be I, at, I but, it's, but it's warmer than usual. And so I wrote down, you think that the Borg would want to be colder because they're machines and machinery usually doesn't do well in the heat. So I just thought that was a weird choice, I guess, for mm. them to always want to be warmer. What do you think about that? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of the Borg, is there anything in your notes about the Queen? Okay, well, let's talk about the queen real quick because I think that's one of the most interesting parts of the, of the movie. It's the first time in all the movies that we've had the show up and all the things is we've had a queen. In, in Aliens, the movie Aliens, you know, they always saw the aliens, but this is the first time they have a leader, a queen, because everything is like ants. You know, ants have a queen. You know, termites have a queen. You know, a leader, a voice, a, a, someone who speaks for the collective. And Alice Crash, who plays the queen, she was amazing in this movie. Seductive, evil. Uh, she was everything you want in a villainess. I mean, she was just incredible in that role. I agree. She's awesome. And I told Derek, I said, I always think of her from that movie from like the late 80s called Sleepwalkers, where she's mm. like a vampire crazy scary person so to see her as the, as the queen borg was like kind of creepy just yeah. knowing that actress's other roles <laughs> you know i was reading about her costume she she was so 
uncomfortable in that costume. It was causing her blisters all the time. And the contact lenses, she could only wear them like for like four minutes at a time because they were causing so much damage to her eyes. So, but the amazing thing is, though, because of this movie, though, she played the Borg Queen in, in Star Trek Voyager. And then she cameoed in the final episode of Star Trek Picard as a very disfigured Borg Queen. Uh, but that is disfigured is an interesting way of putting that she was only half a body. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was her. And it was very interesting to see uh, her back in that role. So the last thing I wrote down was the first contact was with the Vulcans. So mm. that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Yep. The Vulcans. And it was uh, what a great if you're going to be introduced to an alien race, what a great alien race to be introduced to. Indeed. Friendly, logical, you know, no nonsense. <laughs> you know. Not they're not they're not, much, they're not much for humor, but you know at least you know they they, they get the job done. Uh, the ending, wasn't it cool? Um, when Picard, uh, they set the final confrontation first between Worf and Picard, where he was like, "You're a coward," and and Worf was like, "If you were any other person, I would effing kill you where you stand." <laughs> yeah. you know? like and it was like that just shows you how respected Picard is, you know, and yeah. then and then. Uh, Alfred Woodard goes in and just literally gives Picard the business. Two incredible actors going toe-to-toe in that room. Not many people have the gravitas to stand toe-to-toe with Patrick Stewart. And she absolutely nailed it. And I think that's the big reason this movie works on such a high level it does. is because that scene where she basically just pokes the bear one too many times. And she finally gets it out of him. Like, this, like... I was talking to a mutual friend of ours and we were talking about the reason to begin the movie where they're saying, we don't want the enterprise to go battle the board because Jean-Luc Picard is an unstable element in an already dangerous situation. Starfleet was kind of right. (laughs) Yeah. I was was, like, at first I was like, wow, that's really unfair. He went through a lot of trauma. Like he came out, you know, out of the other end and he overcame and you should really have more confidence. And it was like, Oh yeah, this is why. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he had lost all, he had lost all sense of reality. He was about ready to just take, take the ship down with him, take, take the whole crew with him to the end. He was going to fight to the last man. Basically he was like, you know, the line must be drawn here. I mean, he, he, you see it in his face. Like he just was deranged. And that is the power of Patrick Stewart. That's how good of an actor he is to sell that. And just and then that analogy of that Moby Dick, you know, that, you know, that she was, I mean, that, that she was making that comparison of Captain Ahab hunting his whale. And he was finally, that was the voice of reason in his head. Like, oh my God, she's right. Like I, I've been doing this to myself for years. And then of course him surrendering to the Borg willingly to, to save data. And then data, of course, playing, you know, possum the whole time Like he was really helping them the whole time. And, firing those torpedoes you're like oh my god they, they're gonna kill him and then the, the very fraction of a second they missed him and then he hits that thing and then do the line what did he say i don't know resistance is futile not futile futile <laughs> yes <laughs> the american version because <laughs> americans say futile british people say futile so yes this is true yeah so yeah, when he goes, resistance is futile, and then, like, he smashes the, the the thing. Yeah, that was everybody in theater went went just crazy at that part. So <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, that's all I got for for my end. Let's go ahead and take it now to our final uh, scores. Mindy, what's a one star? Bloody awful. 
Two stars. Bloody uninspired. Three stars. Bloody average. Four stars. Bloody brilliant. Five stars. Bloody marvelous. I'll go first because my score is going to be obvious. Uh, this movie is an absolute <laughs> science fiction masterpiece. I can't find a single fault in it, no matter how hard I try. Patrick Stewart knocks it out the park. He was born to play this role. The whole cast of Next Generation is incredible in this movie. Alice Crouch as the War Queen is incredible in this movie. The movie's well written, well directed. Some of the effects look like it was, you could show it today and it still looks, uh, the space battle against the Borg in the beginning looks like it was shot today. It passes off exactly. Ryan Felipe is not in this movie. And also Adam Scott is in this movie. So for the record, I give this five stars. Bloody marvelous. You're actually holding up 10, but there's only a five star scale here, Derek. <laughs> All right, Mindy, what do you got? Well, I obviously, this is another movie that Derek picked because he knew our scores would be a little different. So we're trying to have some variation here. Uh, it's a good movie. I mean, it's fine. I grew up watching The Next Generation, so I enjoyed, you know, that part of it. You know, I already knew all the characters. Alfre Woodard is amazing in it, like we've talked about. And it's a it's a pretty good film. It has some humor. It's dramatic. It's exciting. But I'm going to give it 3.5 stars. All right. Bloody brillage. <laughs> That's not a thing. It's not a thing. But I, it's not good enough for a four, but it's a little better than a three. Okay. All right. Fine. I don't know. Should I just give it a four and be done? I think you give it a four. All right. I give it four stars. Bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. There you go. All Trekkies in the world just saved your ass. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Family Movies. We want to give a spotlight to our sponsors. We want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you go to our website. BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show for 10% off your first month of therapy with BetterHelp. Also, go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Public, where we have a fine selection of magnet stickers and mugs, all bearing the logo of Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies and the Derek Duvall Show. Curation of t-shirts. What Mindy just said. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> and a fine selection of t-shirts that Mrs. Duvall and I selected ourselves. So on behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, you keep listening to them. We'll keep making them. Until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you at the movies, movies planet, planet Earth. Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.